Hi there, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle London. We're located in South East London in Woolwich Dockyard, Block 1, Unit 9, Dockyard Industrial Estate, Woolwich Church Street, SC18 5PQ. Join us for our Bible study every Friday from 7.30 to 9pm and you can't miss our Sunday services packed with prayer, vibrant worship and a powerful word. First service is 9am to 10.30 followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now for the best part, let's get into the word. This morning, as a church, as the body of Christ, we celebrate victory. Somebody say victory. Victory is in your pocket. Victory is in your back pocket. Whenever you are moving around, whenever the, the, the devil tries to wave some stuff in your face and say that you are, you are finished, tell him, I have got the victory in my back pocket. Hallelujah. You fight with victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Victory over sin. Somebody say, I. Say it like you believe it, I. I. Say it like you had breakfast, I. I, I have, I have. Victory, victory over sin over and, sin. Death. and death. death. If you believe that, give the Lord a clap over it. That's what Resurrection Sunday is all about. Resurrection Sunday is not about Easter eggs. It's about victory. The victory that was proclaimed in David's prophecy in Psalm 16, verse 8 to 11. The psalmist writes and says, I have set the Lord always before me. Why? Because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. I shall not be shaken. Somebody say, I, I shall not be shaken. Uh-huh. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. I am secure. This afternoon, I am secure. I am secure. You are secure. Why? For you will not abandon me. You will not abandon my soul to shoal. The Lord cannot allow you to be abandoned to shoal. To heads to, to, to all, all the things that are uh, uh, um, uh, at, at your neck, he can. You are not alone, you are not abandoned. He will not leave you as an abandoned child. You have a, a father who cares for you. Hallelujah! He says in verse 11, You make known to me the path of life. The path of life today is about the path of life, my friend. He says, In your presence, there is what there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. He's talking about the bonds of death. But the bonds of death could not hold. Why? Because death could not maintain, maintain its grip on him. <laughs> death could not maintain its grip on Jesus Christ, the son of the living. That's why he is risen. Just like he said. In three days, he would tell them in three days. How many of you ever watched the Terminator? More than somebody says, more than once here. What was he famous for saying? I will be back. <laughs> now tell the devil, I will be back. <laughs> Whatever situation that has been chasing you, I will be back. In fact, I am back. Hallelujah. Tell him, tell him, I am back. Yes. So Jesus Christ told him, I will be back. And he rose again. He came back from the dead. Now, permanently, he came back what? 
permanently. From the dead, permanently. And he's here. Where is he? Here. Where? In here. He lives. <laughs> Your story is not over. Your story is not over until he says it is. You too will be back. Amen. You too will be back. Today he is back. He's alive. And we know that the tomb is empty. Hallelujah. It is vacant. Written on it is no, it's, it's, it's vacant. It's empty. Now some people begin to ask, did Jesus really die? Some quarters uh, uh, deny the fact that he really died. Some Muslims, some Muslims have this idea written in the Quran. I don't know which, I think it's Surah, Surah 4, the fourth Surah, 156 something. They say, and they say, we cast them for their, for their, for their disbelief and they are saying against Mary a, a great slander. And then the, the next verse they say, and for, and, and for their saying, indeed we have killed the Messiah, Jesus the son of Mary, the messenger of Allah. <laughs> And they did not kill him. They say, they say he was not killed. They say he was not crucified. This is what they say. That they caused somebody who resembles him to be crucified. They, they looked for a, a look-alike. Hmm? A look-alike to die in his place. <laughs> the Ahmadiyya Muslims, you know, they claim that Jesus fled to India. They have got this still a belief, his unique belief that he survived crucifixion and he traveled towards India to continue his ministry among the lost tribes. So they claim that there is a tomb that contains his body which they discovered and now it has become a shrine where people supposedly go to, 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 to see that, that, you know, that shrine. So they claim that Jesus survived the crucifixion because he was taken down from the cross in a state of unconsciousness that he did not die <laughs> that he, he, he you know he, he just it was a swoon he just fainted <laughs> in fact some people still hold on to that belief and they suggest that somehow he was drugged and made to appear die, dead and then after he had died after he had you know taken too much drugs and you know which verse they, they quote? They quote Mark chapter 15, verse 36. Where the Bible says, And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come down to take him, to come take him down. So they say that what he drank from that sponge is what knocked him out. So that when they put him in this room, those are those, those silly people. When they put him in the tomb, because of the coolness of the tomb, he came back to life. <laughs> that is silly. That is stupid. That is a pit from hell. My Jesus is alive and he is in me. He rose again. Actually, Jesus died. He really died. He did not faint. He died. <laughs> Whatever one believes about Christ and his resurrection, everyone has got to admit that something significant happened on that morning. 
significant enough to alter the course of history. Significant enough to completely transform the lives of 11 men, 11 timid men to become, you know, to become indomitable. After the resurrection, they came out, they came out fierce. There is no way a man of a stature of Peter could stand up and preach on that day after Pentecost and 3,000 people come to the Lord. There is no way he could have been preaching about a dead Jesus Christ. He was teaching about a living Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. He became a lion. The Bible says when Jesus Christ was arrested, the men, they all disappeared. They went into hiding. We are finished. But when he arose, oh, oh, when he arose, they, they, they gained the stamina, they gained the gusto to come out in power and proclaim the living Jesus, the living Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah! It changed their life enough, significantly enough, that they were ready to die for this cause. How can a man die for, for, for a dead man? Go and, go and research how these guys died. All these disciples, the way they died. Others were sewn into two. And for you, you say, you are, you, we say we have, we, have, we have resisted. Some of them were, were, were crucified upside down. A man called John. John was put in a boiling drum of cooking oil. And nothing happened to him. Now for you, when you are frying chips... Some, some, some oil just splash. And, and you, oh my God, oh my God. You, ru you run to the first aid kit. This guy was dipped into oil. Nothing happened. If they put an oil, a, a drum of oil, let's say, let's forget about the drum of oil. Let's talk about a, a saucepan of oil and they say, I'm going to pour this on you. Yeah? If you keep on saying, this, Jesus Christ is alive, I'm going to pour this on you. I can guarantee you, some of us here would say, you know what? Ah, I think he died. I think he died. Just because you don't want the oil to die. <laughs> These men were so convinced because they had seen. They were there. Ladies and gentlemen, that's something that shook the world on a morning like this was the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Hallelujah. That is why I am alive. That is, that, that is ground for me, for my faith. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus' resurrection, the victory that we celebrate today is what sets us apart from other religions. A man called Dr. John Scott says Christianity is in its very essence a resurrection religion. <laughs> we are about resurrection. Without resurrection, we are not here. The concept of resurrection lies at its heart. It lies at the heart of this movement. It says if you remove it, Christianity is destroyed. Remove resurrection and we are finished. Another one called Gerard Collins said, Christianity without resurrection is not simply Christianity without its final chapter. It's, Christ, it's not Christianity at all. It's not Christianity at all. If Jesus' life had stopped at the cross, we're doomed. 
Listen, other founders of, the, of other religions are in the tombs. We know that their bones where they are. We can look at, we know where Muhammad is, 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 is lying. Is where? Medina. Every other year, people pilgrimaged to go and, and, and. We are speaking about a former Muslim here. He's not talking stories. Now, when you see a Muslim turn around and say, I am, I am following Jesus. Hey! Somebody say, hey! We know where he is. Muhammad's tomb is, 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 is occupied. Muhammad's tomb is what? Is occupied. The Indians believe in Ashok. <laughs> In they believe in Buddha. They believe in Buddha. They believe in Buddha's ashes. Can you imagine? They believe in ashes. So uh, uh, an emperor called Ashok one time, you know, distributed minute portions of uh, about, about 84 of them, 84 portions of ashes, and distributed them to about 84 shrines in India. Why? Because their foundation is on ashes. <laughs> can you believe? How can you build on ashes? And you have got brains in your head and you build on ashes. Come on. Listen, while other religions center their worship on a God, on gods, small gods and ashes, for us, we center ours on a living God, on a living God. Why? Because his tomb is empty. His tomb is empty. Listen. This guy, Jesus Christ, he did not need even a grave. He didn't need a grave. In those days, people would prepare their grave. They would, they would buy plots where they would be buried. But Jesus Christ didn't need one. That's why he had to borrow one. <laughs> he had to borrow one. The, the tomb in which we, he was, was borrowed from who? Joseph of Arimathea. He did not need a tomb because he was not planning on staying dead. <laughs> He was not planning on remaining there. That's why he said, I, can, I, can I use your tomb? <laughs> hey. Somebody say, hey. Hey. <laughs> he didn't need it. He borrowed it. Why? Because he is. He was life. Life cannot die. <laughs> we learned here on Friday. Life cannot do what? Die. <laughs> life cannot die. Life is the antithesis of death. It's the opposite of death. <laughs> John chapter 1 verse 1. The apostle writes, In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. All things, all life emanated from him. He's the progenitor of life. The progenitor of life cannot die. He says, and without him was not anything that was made that was made. Verse 4 is what I love so much. Hallelujah. In him was life. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. Hallelujah. Life cannot die. Cannot die. That's why resurrection, my friend, is, a, is our victory as Christians. Jesus had to die. Life 
had to die. Now you're saying life cannot die. Yes, it cannot die because he did not remain dead. But he had to die for those three days for a reason. Why? Because God has exalted, the Bible says in Psalm 138 verse 2, that he has exalted his word above his name. And this is what he said. The soul that sins, the soul that sins, Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20, the soul that sins shall do what? Shall die. He had said it. When he says it, he can't come back to, he can't come back from his, he's not like you who says, I'll, 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 tomorrow I'm coming, but then you, you change your mind and you don't come. <laughs> Thank God you are not God, you know. <laughs> Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. The soul who sins shall do what? Shall die. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is what? Death. So how could he turn, turn back from his word? He needed you. He saw... <laughs> you guys, you have no idea this man that is behind this microphone. I stand here because of him. In royal robes, I do not deserve. I, you may, for you, you may. But for me, I do not deserve to be here. If it was not for him. The drunkard that I was. <laughs> I used to teach in a secondary school. I used to teach something similar to English. And some and some come as something similar to English, you know. <laughs> but every time I was teaching, I was drunk. Because I would wake up every morning to go and drink. We used to call it Fungua Macho. Fungua Macho. That in Swahili that, that means open up your our eyes. So alcohol is what opened up my eyes. So I would write on this blackboard completely zonked. And when I was drunk, I was very sharp. I don't know what happened. I said, it would be something else. I would, I, would, I, would, I would take on the personality of alcohol. In my little blood, there was much, too much alcohol. Some of us will get it tomorrow. He has given me a new skin. My face was full of scars and wounds. I was as thin as this finger. So, so, so at times when I put on some weight, guys, it's, 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 it's by design because I want... <laughs> I was referred to as the son of Wabagarame, the drunkard. You mean the son of... The, the drunkard? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. You understand what I'm saying? Smoked everything that, that, had, that could be smoked. Hey. Jesus, somebody say Jesus. I was meant to die. But listen, Jesus, God in his wisdom, he saw something in me. He saw beyond the drunkardness. Now, now quit judging people and writing them off. People wrote me off. The people who wrote me off today, they're not alive. They are not here today. Quit writing people off. The people that God died for, you cannot write them off. You have not died for anybody. I have not died for anybody. I haven't. I have never. Therefore, I can't write you off just because yesterday, you know, you did that. or you're... No. 
the God who saw you was it of being died for. He saw something beyond the dirt. People will, will kill for diamonds. But you know where diamonds come from? You know how, how diamonds come into being? Diamonds, it was just a lump of some, some dirty stuff there. And they, they had to, to mine it and it was subjected to serious degrees of, uh, of heat. And some of us, when we are going through thick and thin, say, oh Lord, I'm big, I'm finished. I'm fi no, 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 no. He, he, is, he is removing the dirt to, remo to bring back the, the, to bring the diamond in you. Hallelujah. That's why Job says, once he is done with me, I will come through as gold. Hallelujah. He saw something. He's purifying you. He saw something in me. What people could, could not see. Listen, you, you could not sit here in those days. None of you could sit here and listen to me. But Jesus, because he rose from the dead, you can sit here today and listen to me. What a mighty God we serve. Every sin, every soul that sins has got to die. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter, 55, five, verse, uh, chapter 5 verse 12, it says one man's sin. One man's sin. You know the story of Abraham. Let's read from the message. It says, you know the story of, of how Adam landed us in a dilemma we are in. <laughs> hmm? First sin, then death. First sin, then death. And no one except, exempt from either sin or death. Verse 13. That sin disturbed relations with God in everything and everyone. But the extent of the disturbance was not clear until God spelled it out in detail to Moses. So death is a huge abyss separating us from God. Dominated the landscape of Adam from, from Adam to Moses. Verse 14. Even those who didn't sin precisely as Adam did by disobeying a specific command of God still had, no, had to experience this termination of life. This separation from God. But Adam who got us into this also points ahead to the one who will get us out of it. Verse 15. Yet the rescuing gift is not exactly parallel to the death dealing sin. If, one's, if one man's sin puts crowds of people at death, hmm, at death and abyss of separation from God, just think about what God's gift poured through one man Jesus Christ will do. By one man's sin, all of us were thrown into death. But by one man's good deeds, the Bible says, hallelujah. By one man's good deeds, hey, he put everything right for us. Jesus Christ put everything right for us. That's why he had to die. He had to die. He had to die to pay the price of death. Do you understand? But thank God he did not remain dead. He's risen. And he lives at the right hand of God, the Father of truths. So ladies and gentlemen, we believe in the resurrection. And we believe in the resurrection because of many facts. Rather, let me call them truths. Historical, historical, historical facts. Okay, historical facts. They are there. Number one, the tomb was guarded by Romans. The tomb in which he was placed was guarded. It was sealed. When if, if a Roman put a seal on something and you came and broke it, you are finished. Hallelujah. You see, the disciples forgot about Jesus' predictions about his resurrection, but his enemies did not. They, 
Listen, children of God, we forget about the promises of God. We normally forget about them when we are when we are when when, when our backs are against the rock. We for completely the promises of God fly out of the window. But guess who never forgets the enemy. The devil does not forget the promise that's on you. That's why he keeps on turning the heat up. So in Matthew chapter 27, verse 62, we read. <laughs> Are you ready? What did I say? 27, verse 62. The Bible says, the next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees, what did they do? They gathered before Pilate. They were concerned. The elders of the land were concerned because they had heard about this man's prophecy. So they said, Sir, we remember that that what that impositor said while he was still alive. They call him an impositor. They are talking about Jesus. That after three days I will rise. Verse 64. Therefore, we are asking you to order that the tomb be made secure until that third day. <laughs> Lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell his people he's risen from the dead. Make his tomb what? Secure. There are people, there are demons, there are forces that are trying to keep you locked up in that situation. They have even appointed guards. Mm, I'm going to guard Reuben to make sure that he doesn't come out on the day that he said he would. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. He will never go further. He will never get married. All these things. The devil is, and he enlists troops to keep the tomb sealed. Because they are scared of what God is about to do. They imposed the said, after three days I'll do what? I'll raise again. Therefore, guard the tomb. <laughs> and Pilate said, in verse 65, you have a guard of soldiers. Not one soldier, a guard of soldiers. Go and make it as secure as you can. 66, so they went and made the tomb secure. Somebody say secure. <laughs> nothing can secure you from your promise nothing can secure you from your breakthrough I don't care whether they are demons from Mumbale whether they are demons from Chana Mokaka I do not care nothing nothing absolutely nothing can secure you <laughs> from your breakthrough somebody say I'm coming out his enemies forgot whether his, name, his enemies did not forget but his disciples forgot. Their, 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 their chief ambition was not to remove the body. That the body be kept in the tomb. So that when the apostles or his disciples begin to, to proclaim that he is alive, what will they do? They will go to the tomb, open it, and bring the body and put, give it as evidence. Here he is. They said he's risen, but here he is. Little did they know that hey, Jesus Christ is unstoppable. Hallelujah. He is unstoppable. Because for you to get, for you to get a, your breakthrough, you do not need a man. You don't need that tall uncle. That, I mean, when, I told, when, I, when I speak about tall, I mean those people in high echelons of power. You don't need them. You don't need them. You don't need connections of men. No. So there was a problem. Where is the problem? The problem is in the stone. The problem is in the seal. So 
also the women, as Mercy had talked about earlier, the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 1, in the morning, early morning, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, they were going to, the, to this tomb because, as, because of the heat in the Middle East, they had to, to embalm the body. They had, to, they had, they, they had to, to spice it up just because they didn't want to, to give an, a, a bad order. So they're walking to this tomb with spices. You know, some of us are carrying spices. Spices, just you, you spice up the wounds, you spice up the, 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 the trouble, and then on Sunday you put on very well, you put on the wig, you put on, you, uh, you put on the suit like uh, you're as smart as I am, but yet you are, it's, it's just spices upon something that is rotting. Enough is enough of those spices from today in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. You do not need the spices because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, my friend. Hallelujah. That situation is coming back to life. It's coming back to life. Hallelujah. So as they were going to the tomb, they looked at one another and said, hmm, we are going to this tomb in verse 3 of Mark 16. They said to one another, but who will roll away <laughs> this stone for us? We are going to this tomb, yes, but there is a huge stone. Who will roll away this stone? And we are just mere women. Somebody is asking this afternoon, who will roll away this stone of death? Who will roll away this stone of sickness? Who will roll away this stone, this stone? I don't, I don't know what your stone is. Every chair here is, has got a stone. You will not convince me with your, with your mascara. Mm-mm. Behind that mascara, there's a stone. <laughs> you will not convince me with that suit. Behind that suit, there's a stone. Hey, <laughs> mm. Who will roll away the stone? Like I said earlier, you don't need no man to roll away the stone for you. Hallelujah. You don't need no man. Ha <laughs> ha. You don't need no man. Because immediately when they looked up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled back. And it was very large. Matthew records that there was an earthquake. There was an earthquake. An earthquake which shook the grounds, taking out, guess who? The guards. <laughs> <laughs> the guards, those who were guarding the tomb, were taken out. They were taken out. And then the angel came and did what? And removed, removed the stone. And he did, not only did he roll it, he sat on it. Just in case, just in case it may come back into place. <laughs> he sat on the stone. That stone that is in your life, the angel is rolling it away and he's sitting on it in the name above every other name. It shall never come back. That stone shall never come back. The Egyptians that you see today, you shall never see them again, ever. So guess what? After Jesus Christ has had walked out of the tomb, <laughs> then the soldiers awake, awaken. Hey, what happened? So they run to their bosses and say, you know what, guys? Hey, this man, actually he rose just like he said. What are you talking about? He said, we, have, we can't explain it. Something happened. 
there was an earthquake. The last thing we know is there was an earthquake, lightning, whatever. But the, when we woke up, the, the stone was, uh, was on the side and the man was gone. I said, what? So they, they, told, they told the guys, 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 do not, have you mentioned this to anybody else? They said, no. It's only to, only to you guys. So said, Shh, from now on, do not mention it again. And they gave them money. They said, well, if they ask you, tell them that their disciples, that we fell asleep and the disciples came and rolled away the stone and took him. They had to make up a story because it was too much for them. The stone was rolled away by God himself. By life himself. Jesus Christ said, I am the what? I am the life and the resurrection. Hmm? I am the resurrection and what? And life. Those are some of the most, uh, the, the I am statements that Jesus Christ made. I am, that is in John chapter 11, verse 24. I am, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though they what? Though they die, yet shall they live. For everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. He says, do you believe that? Do you believe that? We used to say a cowboy never dies. But then we discovered that a cowboy dies. And then we said when he dies, he never gives a bad smell. <laughs> but for you and I, we never die. Ever. Ever. Because the resurrection, my friend, cannot be held in a grave. That's why he did not need a tomb. Because he is unstoppable. What did he do in that tomb? The Bible says he swallowed up death. Hallelujah. And this was written many years ago by prophet Isaiah. This man of God. Isaiah chapter 25 verse 8. Can you read that? Isaiah 25 8. This man Isaiah prophesied many years before Jesus Christ came. And he spoke about him and says he will do what? He will swallow up death. Not for today. Forever. He will swallow up death forever. When life comes, death is swallowed. When light comes, darkness is swallowed. If I command, if I say, if I ask somebody to turn off all those lights right now, all of us would be what? In darkness. But what happens? When a light is flicked, is flicked on, what happens? Darkness is dispelled. It is swallowed by light. So in the grave, Jesus Christ was swallowing up what? Death. And he says, the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people. He will take away from the earth for the Lord has spoken. What was he doing? He took out his sting. I've told you about a story of this young man who was driving with, with his father. It was too hot and they had just rolled down some, you know, the windows. And a bee came into the car. And this young man, the boy was allergic to, to bees to, to be things. So he was scared. He began to shout. He began, he went fronting. He went crazy because he knew the moment this bee lands on him, he's, he's finished. So as his father is driving, what does he do? He reaches out, reaches out and grasps the, the bee. Guess what happened to the father? He was stung. He was stung by the bee. The moment he realized he was stung, he let go. And the bee again, and the boy is going, oh, dad, dad. The dad says, shh, 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 just look at my hand. Just look at my hand. The sting is in my hand. Therefore, the bee is of no effect to you right now. The bee is of no effect to you right now. Why are you so scared? The sting is here. That's what Jesus Christ was doing. 
and this is backed up by scripture. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 to 57. This is what the Bible says. Oh, death. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Put, put that up. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 to 57. Can you read that? Let's read together. One, two, three. Oh, death. And comma. No, 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 no. Don't rush. Oh, death. Look it in the face. <laughs> yeah. Where is your victory? You guys who fear death. I am not afraid of death. I am not afraid. <laughs> because the sting was taken out. Oh, death. Where is your sting? Jesus Christ has taken it. Uh, verse 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us what? Victory through the Lord Jesus. He has given me victory. Therefore, I cannot fear death because death, death, death was Jesus Christ's resurrection marked the death of death. Death was dead. <laughs> death as we speak is dead. Do you understand? That's why we sang, in Christ alone do, do I stand. I stand in him. I stand in his life. In the life of Christ is where I stand. Hallelujah. Mm. That's why Apostle Peter writes in Acts chapter 2 and says, God raised, Acts chapter 2 verse 24, says God raised him up. Acts 2 24, God did what? Raised him up. Losing the pangs of death. Why? Because it was impossible. It was impossible for him to be held by it. The message says, but God untied the death ropes and raised him up. Listen to this. Death was no much for him. <laughs> death was no much for him. God raised him up. The amplifier says, God raised him up, liberating him from the pangs of death, seeing that it was not possible for him to continue to be controlled or retained by it. Listen, you are unstoppable. I am unstoppable. The pangs of death, the things that try to pull you down and keep you in the tomb, in, that, in, in, in the tomb of failure, they, they have lost the battle because you are unstoppable. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah! You are unstoppable. So we have witnesses. We have got, we stand on historical facts. The tomb is empty. Then came the women. The women are the ones who testified about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you are a woman, just clap for yourself, man. <laughs> women are a formidable force. So women do not overlook yourselves. The first evangelists were women. These women. They are the ones who went and proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, in Palestine, in that century, women were seen as low citizens. That means they, are, they had, you know, low legal, legal status. So their witness was counted as nothing. You understand? But on that day, God elevated them, <laughs> making their witness powerful. That's why most, most witnesses in, in, in Christ are, are women. Most evangelists are women. <laughs> There's a church I was watching recently, and most of, the, most of the pastors are women. And I'm saying, hey, where are these guys? Where, where, where are my brothers here? Now look, if, if you were to count numbers here <laughs> and count the, my brothers in this place, <laughs> you, 
of course you wouldn't be shocked. Because it's the, it's the women that outnumber us here. So women, use that influence. Instead of inf using that influence to, to backstab other people, to backbite others, use it positively to populate the kingdom of heaven in the name above every other name. Hallelujah! Yeah! Use it wisely. Now, as we draw to, to a close, we want to look at the significance of resurrection. The significance of that victory that we celebrate today. Number one, the victory of Jesus Christ's resurrection declares his sonship. It declares his sonship. Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Paul says that Christ is declared to be the son of God with the power by the resurrection from the dead. Now, there's no argument. I like that song which says there's no argument. How does this go? There's no argument. Mm -hmm. Somebody remind me. Uh-huh. You are, you are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. He is God by himself. Just because of that resurrection, it cemented the fact that he is the son of God. Hallelujah. Because no other person had risen from the dead and lived permanently. <laughs> and because of that number two, that victory cemented and provided a foundation for our salvation. Hallelujah. It provided a foundation for men's salvation, for the forgiveness of sins. Romans chapter 4 verse 25 says, He was delivered unto death for what? For our sins. He was delivered to death for our sins, but he was raised to life for our justification. Just, be, just, as, just as though you have never done it. He took your place. And Paul further reinforces this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. I stand in that gospel. Do you know what the gospel is? The gospel is Jesus Christ died and rose again. He died for my sins and rose again. That's the gospel. That's how we are being saved. That's how we got saved. That's how we remain saved. Because of that gospel. Because of that word. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. He says in verse 13, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Verse 14, and if Christ has been raised, then our, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in what? In vain. Verse 15, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. <laughs> Verse 16 For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised then your faith is futile and, yours, and you are still in your sins. But thank God, Jesus Christ is what? Is alive and we are saved and we are not in our sins and our faith is not futile. Hallelujah. 
Paul is pointing the fact, the fact that we have already made that just the, the, the crucifixion alone is not enough. It's not enough. Christ had to be raised from the dead for our faith to be made whole. John chapter 19 verse 30. When Jesus had received that sour wine which those fools think that he, he, he got drunk on, he said, it is finished. What did he say? It is finished. Chiwede. Mchinyarwanda. Biraranji. Mekwisha. That word, it is finished, the Greek word for it is finished is tetelestai. Tetelestai. That's what he said. And that word is a kamas word. It's a word of kamas. Meaning that I have paid I have paid, paid for. I have told you about a man called Kabangala. You remember Kabangala? In Uganda, when you buy stuff, there's a receipt, and that receipt, what does it say? At the bottom, if you don't read, in, in, it says, all goods once are not returnable. So this, uh, this guy, there's this guy who was called Kabangala. So whenever they, he would go, you know, to buy stuff, they would say, what, what should we put on, on, on the receipt as your name? And he would say, my name is Kabangala Sasude. Okay. And they would put it down. They say, what, so what about the, after putting the, the receipt? They say, hand over the money. But he says, can you read the, the receipt? Just read the receipt. Kabangala Sasude means Kabangala has paid. So he said, my name is Kabangala has paid. <laughs> and they would write it on the receipt. So they say, where's the money? He says, look at the receipt. You've just written Kabangala has paid. So whenever the devil tries to, to, to infiltrate, you say, Jesus Christ has what? Has paid. 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 Fully paid for. You owe nobody nothing. Fully paid for. <laughs> Do you understand that? Crucifixion was the payment. Listen to this. Resurrection was the receipt. <laughs> the resurrection was the receipt. Reuben is paid for. Ah, and I'm alive. And because I'm alive, he is alive. Somebody say, Amen. Paid in full. You owe nobody nothing. <laughs> forgiven forever. I am forgiven. That's why, my friend, you have got to let it go. Somebody said, let it go. You need to forgive that person that you, with whom you have beef. I don't know what they did for, to you, but you need to let them go. Give them their pocket change because God gave you billions in forgiveness. Hey, I am a billionaire in forgiveness. Amen. I am rich in forgiveness. Hallelujah. I am rich. So if you step on my... Listen, I, I, I forgave you in advance. You are forgiven in advance. Even the things that you, do, you will do to me tomorrow, you're already forgiven. <laughs> because Christ forgave me. Amen. And the, and the salvation, and brother, the, the, the resurrection also provided for us the power to live for God. We live for God because he lives. Because he lives today, I can live tomorrow. Hallelujah. I can live tomorrow. I can live tomorrow. Somebody say amen. And his resurrection destroyed the power of of death, meaning that I cannot die even when I die, I have eternal life in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. 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 
This is what he says. Listen to what he says, Jesus Christ. I think the revelator says, writes this. In, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 to 18, somebody asks, what was Jesus Christ doing? Why did he have to remain dead for three days? Jesus Christ had the power to just resurrect on the first day. But then you see the Jews believed that a person's spirit remains with him even when he's dead for about two, three, two, 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 two days. So he had to make to be dead, 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 according to their tradition. So that when he rises up, they know that this man actually did what? He died. And in, verse, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 says, the Bible says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, fear not. Fear not. Child of God, fear not. I am the first and the last. Not only that, verse 18, I am the living one. I am the living one. I died. And behold, I am what? I am alive not only tomorrow, but forevermore. And guess what I have in my hands? I have the keys of death and Hades. Hallelujah. He has the keys. Woo! He has the keys. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, verse 9, says, we know, you've got to know that Christ, you've got to, this one, you've got to be persuaded. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Why? Because death no longer has dominion over him. Amen and amen and amen. And because it no longer has dominion on him, guess who, guess who else it has no dominion over? Yourself. Romans 8, 11 says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, does he dwell in you? Does he dwell in you? Some of us are not sure, you know. <laughs> if he dwells in me, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give my mortal body. He will, go, he will also give life to my mortal body through his spirit who dwells in me. That is the power of the resurrection. He lives in you. As long as he's in you, the one who gave him the power to raise from the dead will raise you up. That's why we do not mourn as those who are ignorant when somebody departs. When they graduate, we call it graduation. You graduate to the other side. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? According to his great mercy, he has caused us to what? To be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our God. We are born, we have been born again to a living hope. A living hope. We have hope in him. Every eye closed. We have, we have hope now. We have hope tomorrow. We have hope even after we have died. Because there is no tenant in Jesus Christ's tomb. It is empty. That's why Job writes in Job chapter 25 verse 27. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. 
I know that my Jesus lives. I know that my Father lives. You have got to know that, my ch child of God. It has got to be in your knower. You've got to be fully persuaded that he lives. And he says that after my skin has been destroyed, in my flesh will I see God, he says. In my flesh will I see God. Nobody will see God for you. You are going to see him for yourself in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Because the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Now, as you close those eyes, I want you to flip the pages of your life. Flip the pages of your life. I don't know at what, what station you are right now. What promise from God seems to be incapable of coming to pass in your life? What is dead in your life? What hope or dream have you given up on? For some of us, it's a study. For some of us, it's work. For some of us, it's marriage. For some of us, it's children. I don't know what it is. I need you to consider, to juxtapose that issue with the power of the one who raised Jesus from the dead. That power that resides in you. I've come to tell you today that there's nothing, absolutely nothing can stop you from getting where you want to go, where God has ordained you to go in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. The power that rose him from the dead resides in you. As long as it is in you, you are alive. Your dream is alive. It is not dead. It is alive. We command a resurrection today in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Those businesses that some of us, you know, shelved and through, and, and you know, because you failed, because you failed yesterday, you failed the other day, and you have thrown it away. Go back and get it. Dust it up. Because it's about to begin breathing in the name of Jesus. It's breathing in the name above every other name. The power, the same power that rose him from the dead is causing it to breathe again in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Commit yourself, commit it into the hands of one who makes all things new in Jesus' mighty name. He is faithful. If you trust in him, he will bring it to life again. He will bring it to life again. He will bring it to life again in the name above every other name. Because on the third day, he rose again. The third day is significant of newness of life. I speak newness of life in somebody's life this afternoon. In the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Not to depression in Jesus' mighty name. We destroy it. We destroy it in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever has locked you in that grave, whatever has sealed you away from your dream, today we render it powerless in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Be destroyed. We command an earthquake, a spiritual earthquake to come right now and roll away that stone that stands between you and your dream, between you and your future between you between you and your finances between you and your job between you and your career between you and your marriage in the name of Jesus come alive come alive come alive in the name of Jesus yes come alive Mandele Somebody pray, somebody pray. Open up your mouth and pray. Open up your mouth and begin to thank God for that resurrection. Thank him, thank him for resurrecting that dream. Thank him for breath, a breath of new life. Thank him, thank him, thank him for his bringing, his bringing newness of life in your life. It is well. You are bouncing back. 
you are coming back stronger. You are coming back more powerful. You are coming back more in oh, rasuka. Unstoppable you are. We give you praise. We give you praise, Father. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Mandele Bosch. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon. And I know you've been blessed. For more information about Shiloh Tabernacle and other sermons, please visit our website, www.shiloh.org. UK. And don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Shiloh LDN. Once again, that's at Shiloh LDN. You've been listening to Shiloh Tabernacle London, changing lives, building dreams. Until next time, God bless.